are we going? All caught up? Great. Well, first of all, some quick housekeeping. I have found out a very shocking truth, that I have been put on the list of dangerous pastors with dangerous theology. This is true. And so I don't want to cause any trouble, but I want to make things clear. I want everybody to know exactly where I stand on this matter. And if this worries you, you've got Nike on your t-shirt. And Nike is... Oh, God. Got a victory. Who you have to trade with to get victory. You lose. All right. It's true. It's true. <laughs> okay. So what's happening... We're on day two, okay, and we're going to do, we've got five sessions, and this is a bit like Star Wars. The first one's really exciting and triumphant. The second one, Empire Strikes Back, is exciting all the way through, but ends on a cliffhanger. Luke's at the bottom of Cloud City, calling out for Ben. He's just heard some really bad news, spoiler alert. His dad's the bad guy. What's going to happen? But then day three, return the Jedi. Ewoks help. It's going to be okay. All right? So tonight, I'm not sure where it's going to end. But uh, on day three, tomorrow, we'll get through laying this platform. And day four and five, we'll look in some application. Day four, what Jesus did, and then what we're to do now. In the context of eternity, and in the immediate context of what's happening in this country right now. I normally don't preach in the, in the immediate, but what's happening right now will have massive consequences if the sons of God don't stand up. Okay? And I'm not a doom or gloomer. <laughs> I'm very triumphant. The kingdom will, will win. But the next cycle of time that we go through is up to us. Okay? Exciting, yeah? <laughs> Good. Hey. All right. The most important technology in all creation is the human body. Made from the dust. Everybody wants it. Because this can house Yahweh. And if it can house Yahweh and made in the image of Yahweh, it can create and affect creation. In fact, that is what it was designed to do. Adam and Eve govern the earth, rule the earth, replenish the earth, or creation, go fix up Mars. Why are we doing that now? It's in our DNA. But why aren't the sons of God doing it? Because we've been told we're not the sons of God. We are Christians waiting to get saved for Jesus coming back. And that religion puts you in a box. And yet people who don't know the Lord intimately as sons are getting on with it but they're not doing it through the love and the wisdom of the Father, they're just getting on with it. Technology is not wrong. Technology is not, is not evil. At one stage, Christians would have said, you've got a microphone? But they would have been offended by that. You've got speakers? You've got electric lights? They've been offended by that. Anything new, we're offended by. 
because we're not bringing it. We claim to have the truth and we're not doing much with it and the world keeps moving on and it makes us angry. Okay? Technology is great. It just depends who's governing it. Imagine if a son of God brought in cell phone technology. It wouldn't be damaging. Imagine if a son of God brought in the internet. And as, as Brian Orm says, imagine if a son of God writes the constitution for Mars. Because he's going to have one. The ball's rolling. Guess what? We're going to be here in 10 years. We're going to be here in 100 years. We're going to be here in 1,000 years. And we're going to be living for a long time. Okay? So we've got to start thinking long-term and governance. Yep. We should be governing these things. We could have. Yeah. We didn't do it through our direct relationship with the Father. So other people have done it through relationship with other beings. They traded for it. Okay. We've got to know these things to understand what's happening in the world. How can we govern if we don't know what's going on? You frame up, you accept Jesus, you go to the church, you behave until you die, get a mansion in heaven. Mm-mm. No, sir. Heaven's coming here. Will Jesus find faith on the earth when he returns? That's what he's asking. What's he coming back to? Yeah. And what the earth looks like is up to, up to us. But um, that's session four, so, you know. Heaven and earth will be the... Will be the Heaven and earth will be won by the glorious redemption of the human body. Can we put up that Romans 8, 8, Romans 8, 18 to 25 again, please? Heaven and earth will be won by the glorious redemption of the human body. This human body is made up of the dirt. We intimately, instricably connected to creation. You change this, you change this. Forgive your mum, stars are brighter. Every little decision we make changes creation. That's why they want our DNA. That's why the Benoi Elohim, the fallen ones, and their children, they have children. Look at that today. This is Christian orthodoxy. The Bible project we're watching are conservative of conservatives. And they know more than us. What I'm telling you Everyone in the Old Testament knew. Everyone in the New Testament knew. Our early church fathers knew. In fact, the Bible doesn't make sense unless what I'm saying to you is fact and part of your worldview. That's been taken from the church and now we're... we're (laughs) I love the church, but we are just praying for the rapture. That's what we're doing. I'm not against the rapture if people here believe in that. I'm against the soul, our soul's reaction to the rapture, which is, yes, come Lord Jesus and get these naughty people, punish them and get us out. Because that is the heart of a different father. And I'm not against preterism. And preterism is the opposite that says all the book of Revelation happened by 70 AD. Okay? But if you believe that, and we'll get into that a bit later, and that 
that is finished and that Antichrist system is finished, you are going to get rolled. And you won't understand what's happening at all. Okay? It's a pattern. Did it happen by 70 AD? Yes. And it happened before that. It will happen after it. There's many Antichrists and one will come. And it's happening now. Complete control. They always want complete control. And every time that, that seed line, that sons of that system rise up, they've got more and more technology. They're having a big go right now. And because it's happening in America, it doesn't make it the end. It's really true. We think that can't happen here. Well, it happens to the Chinese Christians. They've been under the Antichrist system now for 50 years. Complete control, control of movement, arresting, can't preach this, sign your gospel over to the approved gospel to the government, tortured, you know the heavenly man stories. Yep, okay. And they're living under it. And they may, in the next few years, break free. There's big things happening in China right now. They're exposing that system as not powerful as they claim to be. And the Chinese people and some certain people in the Chinese structure <laughs> are getting very sick of it. And they might get free. But the West, we may go under 200 years of a system if we don't stand up now. Okay? It happens. It's happened all through history. It happened in Russia. Lots of Christians in Russia. Happened in Germany. Lots of Ge Christians in Germany. Yep. Okay. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. Oh, it says to us there. Oh, this, what's this? Okay. Anyway, revealed to us. We'll leave that. We won't. We won't. ESV. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of... Of the sons of God. And that's why that should be of us. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption to obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Our freedom. It wants us. It's waiting for us. It's not waiting for Jesus. It's waiting for us. Earth belongs to us. Heavens belong to God. Earth is given to man. God still owns it all. Okay, he's still the boss. Okay, it's waiting for us. If we know that the whole of creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruit of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. Redemption of our bodies. Next, for in this hope we were saved. What was the hope? That you go to heaven? <laughs> the hope is that our bodies would be redeemed. And what's that tied to? All of creation. This becomes glory. This becomes glory. We give it the same salvation that we have. Okay? And that's why I'm spending three nights on painting the picture of what's actually happened that everyone in the Old Testament knew. Sometimes they just say things with an explanation because everyone gets it. When I say, oh, that was because of 
I have to say, which was an airplane, and airplanes fly, and they take off, and there's another country over here, it's called Saudi Arabia, and they sent people over. I have to explain all that. I say 9-11, you just get it. Okay? That's these guys. They say, the, when it's for the Elohim or the prince of this, they know there's gods. They get it. That's why God always refers to himself and his people refer to him as the Most High. Because there's all this going on. A divine council, some of which rebelled at different times. The redemption of the body is the hope to which we're called. That's what, that's what we're learning this morning. Modalities to help you connect your spirit man back to your body. Yep. We boldly approach God based on his character alone and believe his words and become like him through relationship. That's what we're doing. All right. And you may not be able to see this from where you are, but you saw it yesterday. I had uh, eight Fs, which I'm just running through, just to give us a framework. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what I told you. That's what's going to happen. Okay? We had a, a secret F. Then family. So I'm going to write family with a father. That's what I should, should have written. Family with a father. Free will. Five falls of Genesis. What? Fathers. After the falls, we've got two fathers now. Two father lines we can choose. A good loving father who works on a promise that you believe his character. Or another father, Satan, who works on immediate gratification, but you have to trade something for it which always leads to death. This father always leads to life, his word. This one always leads to death. You get to choose. Then God started preparing this with faith, which is Abraham, and the law, which is perfect. And then now we have a family and father again through Jesus. And then the secret hidden F. All right. Okay. It's the Old Testament... What happened is, it was, is, is a gracious invitation to know God for who he is. The invisible, all-powerful God, that's a loving father. But you can only choose, choose it through your free will. And God is doing this, and it's set in the context of people not accepting that, having their DNA destroyed, okay? When I say DNA, I'm talking about metaphorically and literally. Okay, your, your DNA coding and your essence, your nature, your soul, your frequency set, <laughs> your morphic field. Okay. <laughs> More trouble with <laughs> this bad preacher. Okay. The thi- it changes the, the creature and the nature that you are. Okay. And you start expressing the nature of another being. When you express that person's nature, he has sighed himself in you. His seed is in you because his word is in you. It's the same thing. And now you're expressing his nature. And in that moment, you're expressing the nature of a different father. Okay? But don't worry. God has a plan. So lots of people did some naughty stuff and changed. And now we have a flesh war between the sons of God and the sons of Satan. And God created a nation to show themselves what a loving father does, a peculiar nation, set apart. Yep. And God gave them a, a system. If they behave this system, and we'll see what the system is, this system 
did one thing. It protected the body. And that's what it did. That's what it did. And that's why it was given. And I'll show you the reason the law was given to protect the body. Okay? So no trading. For peculiar people. This is the kingdom. They'll be blessed. They'll work in these six out of seven years. Six out of seven days. Every 50th year, they'll get two years off. Okay? Miracle provision. Presence of God. And so that men who are given to other Elohim, truly gods, would see this and choose it freely. I'm leaving this God with a free will of my heart and I'm choosing the Lord of Lords. Yep. That's what God was doing. And when they didn't, got more and more deprived and depraved and worse than that. And the worst things are worse, worse things happen. Let's just say child sacrifice is something that God abhors. Okay? And then worse stuff than that. Okay? And then God would woo them, woo them, woo them. And until their sin was full, and then when their sin is full, their DNA has changed so much, you can't let it go on because the next generation of kids are going to cop it. And their kids, and their kids. So God's like, you're out. And he used Israel, his peculiar people, to achieve that task. That's why I wipe it all out. And when I didn't wipe it all out, the people they left became their problems later on. And later down the scriptures, you say, this person appeared, and he caused them problems. You trace that person back, and here's the people that didn't wipe out earlier. Well, this person enticed Israel into idol worship. Who's that person? You trace it back. Ah, didn't do it <laughs> in Joshua. Didn't do it earlier. All right. So it's a, it's a flesh war. And the New Testament is God choosing a peculiar people to live in the kingdom. And live such glorious and blessed lives that people make a free will choice to choose the Lord of Lords as their loving Father as opposed to their gods. How are we going with that? Yeah. And in that, there's a spiritual war going on between the sons of Satan and the sons of light, the sons of God. And that's what's happening now. So the question is, do you want to be church Christians or do you want to be the beloved Son of God. In, yep. Do you want to heal the sick? Or do you want to remove sickness from the earth? That's the difference. You can remove it from the earth. You can remove it from the earth. Do you want to give money to the poor? Or do you want to remove poverty from the earth? Do you want to raise the dead? Or do you want to remove death from the earth? The final enemy. What do you want to do? This is the option we're giving to us. And this is how all Christianity should, be, should have been framed up for us. We are bringing redeeming glory to all creation by bringing it to our bodies. Every time you heal, you take land. Right. So we are... <laughs> we spent a lot of time on this yesterday. We had to frame it up. So on the free will... Okay, no free will, no love. The love is that choice. Yep. If Adam and Eve only had the tree of life, how would they choose the Father willingly? The invisible word Father, when they heard him walking and believed his word. Because God's saying, will you love me for who I am? The invisible word. 
Or do you want taste, touch and see? Or you would believe that I will do that for you through relationship? Or do you want to take it with your own hand now? And that's the choice given to us now as well. We believe a promise or take with your own hand. You must choose with your own heart. Same in the Old Testament. God's saying, will you leave Molech and choose me? Will you leave Baal and choose me? And the Israelites were supposed to present such a wonderful picture of their loving father God, who they married at Mount Sinai. The Ten Commandments are a ketubah, they're a marriage covenant. If you do this, I will do this. That's that's what a ketubah is. He loved them. And they said, we don't want. In fact, it said they saw no form. They don't like invisible God. But that's who he is. They don't like invisible God. So go up there, Moses, as a priest. Do the ways. We'll do the works. Yep. God's saying, will you choose me as a loving father as your source of life? In Eden, in the Old Testament, and now. There's always a choice between the two. Reaching for the loving father, which is patience, letting his work, his word do the work, which is the opposite of your flesh, <laughs> or reaching for what you can taste, touch, and see now. A life system, a death system. Yep. You can't be in the image of God if you don't have free will. God hates religion. Oh, what? Just tell me what to do. That's what the Israelites said. Just tell me how to behave. Tell me what to do. God's saying, no, choose me out of your free will. The invisible God, choose me. So God will not override free will. There is an exception to that. I'll just put it in now. All authority comes from God. You, in that authority structure, as part of that authority structure, God can override your will because he gave you that authority. Not your will to choose him or not choose him, okay, but as part of your job in that authority structure. Exodus 10, God hardens Pharaoh's heart, okay? In his role as the Pharaoh, in that structure, but who knows what Pharaoh decided afterwards? We don't know. In Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart, God guides like, like a watercourse. Yep. So authority God can, but you, he won't. But we need to understand that free will is so important, we won't understand what Jesus is doing or what Paul's saying, what he's saying. He won't override free will. Paul planted churches and they owed him their salvation. We never controlled them. I urge you, I beseech you, you must choose out of your free will. Yep. It's much better to choose a much lower response out of your free will than a very high holy response out of fear and control. There's no reward for that. You didn't choose it in your heart. Only what you chose in your heart. When the grace gospel came around, there's been people being good Christians their whole life, and grace came, and they were tithing to make sure God was good to them financially. And then they found out God was good to them anyway. And they're like, what? I'm never tithing again. Well, that was always their heart. 
20 years of tithing didn't count for anything. They didn't do it from their heart. Only free will. Okay? That's good. You have a dog, uh, a pit bull terrier, and it's got a muzzle. It's had a muzzle for five years. You say, this is a great dog. It hasn't bit anyone for five years. Is it a great dog? How do you find out? You take the muzzle off. And then you find out what that dog really thinks. Yeah? Okay? Grace has come to do that. You can just be you before God. Yeah? You yourself. Okay. Free will. Well done. Moving forward. So we had the divine council. Yep. Elohim amongst the Elohim. <laughs> the Elohim. Psalm 82. Elohim takes his seat amongst the Elohim. The Elohim, capital E, amongst the Elohim, little e. Big G God, little G. Okay? And in there, there's this big throne, and there's another throne next to him. And then there was us, had the throne, and then we left. <laughs> so this guy came down, picked us up, and made us great. We don't go back to this throne. If we overcome, for those who overcome, that's what we're going to talk about, they get to sit on his throne. Some of these guys went down, and God said, you can govern the earth. Some of these guys did a good job. Some of these guys did a very bad job. And they got judged in Psalm 82. You said you were gods, but now you will die like men. You're wicked. You've governed poorly. In fact, some of these guys had looked and dobbed on him. And <laughs> we saw that. We also saw that in Daniel, some of these guys went down and saw what the other watchers were doing and came back and made a decision about it and they talked to God about it. <laughs> we need to understand that because we have a role in this. Okay? And uh, if right now you don't feel qualified to walking into the divine council and taking a stand, that's okay. We have an advocate. There's a man there. Yeah. And we can talk to him about it. But we need to talk to him in the way he rates things. Like, God, in my country, there's a political party, and their leader just had her hair permed. I'm so angry. You have to punish that lady. Jesus says, my, love was, my blood was shed before the foundation of the world that she would know me. Are you going to bless those who persecute you? That's what, this, that's, that's, that's what these guys are doing. That's what this guy's doing. That's who he is. If you do these things, you'll be like your Father in heaven. Who's your Father? The Most High is your Father, who blesses his enemies. That's what we need to do. If you do that, you've overcome. You can sit on this throne. But if you want these guys to be punished, you haven't overcome. You're still saved. You still spend eternity in an era to come, but you won't govern. Please vote. And if you think one party will establish righteousness in your land over another party, please vote for that party. And please petition for them and wear their T-shirt and whatever, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if the leader of that party is your saviour, if you're more excited about his tweets than the Bible, if that gets your emotions, then that's your DNA. 
Spirit. They want your emotions. Can your emotions change your words? And that's what all these beings want. They want your emotions. Get your emotions, they get your body. They get your body, they get your words, they get what you create, and they get more and more access to your DNA. And this thing can go through dimensions. And that's what they want. They can't. If they get you, they can. All right. Very good. So there's Divine Council, there's Heavenly Hosts, and there's some naughty Heavenly Hosts who are now stuck outside. And there's some good humans, and there's some naughty humans. It's too late for these guys. Eternal, they made an eternal crime in eternity. Okay? Eternal punishment. These guys, still time. Let's get as many as we can. God wishes that none should perish. Okay? That's his heart. You want to be like your Father in heaven? That's also your heart. So now we understand the divine counsel. We understand there's many gods. God created them, we saw in Psalm 148. Yep. And he kicks them out. <laughs> and they're in trouble. Some are in trouble already. Some are locked away already. And some will be locked away at the end. But now we have the five falls of Genesis. Okay, so let's look at these five falls here. If you don't understand the five falls of Genesis, oh, that's not work. of Genesis one to eleven, you won't understand what God's doing, because Genesis eleven, between Genesis eleven and Genesis twelve, is the halfway point of the Bible. Two thousand years, chronologically, that's the halfway point. You think, you think the whole Bible's fixed up Genesis 1 to 11? No. 2,000 years to fix up 2,000 years. It's pretty good, right? So this is Genesis 1 to 11. Genesis 12, Abraham starts. God's plan. I'm going to fix this up. I'm going to choose something small and make it big. That's what we're learning this morning. Subtle energy. The smallest the smallest becomes the biggest. I'm going to choose a baby born... Questionably, in a, ma- in a poor manger, I'm going to choose this idol worshipper. I'm going to choose this shepherd boy. Okay? Don't despise the day of small beginnings. This is how your father works. <laughs> He's in the still small voice. Yep. Okay. So, the first, uh, the first one is Ha Satan. Hey, Satan. Okay, I say that because it's Satan just means the adversary. There's many adversaries. Okay, anyone comes his name is also called Satan, and all his followers are sometimes called Satan after their after their father. Yep. Okay, that's the first fall. Next one, when we come to love and know, Adam and Eve. Yep. Next one is the Benai. Elohim. Who are the Benai Elohim? They are the sons of God. They're part of the divine council. They're part of this divine council. Some rebelled. How many? 200. First fall, Adam and Eve, second fall. So this is pre Genesis, or we, some, I don't say where it is. Some like to say it's on the second day, blah, blah, blah. I don't care, it happened. Adam and Eve, 
So this is what, Genesis 3. Been like the the Watchers. That's Genesis 6. Doesn't matter if you can read that. You get it? Okay. Then after that, we have trading and idolatry. And this is humans trading with spiritual beings, giving of their DNA. All witchcraft, all witchcraft is trading future generations, your DNA, for current benefit. Okay? So one that's easy for us to understand as Westerners is Freemasonry. Curse your children, get a business deal. And the curse works. You've given that being that you're under, whether you know it or not, permission to your line. That's the curse you're saying. I say this, this, this. Okay? Classic witchcraft. Classic. Classic witchcraft. They trade vows and then blood and then more fluids and then connect themselves with other beings. Okay? And they're trading DNA. Put another record in them. Another sound. Another word. They come into agreement with that. And it changes them. And it changes their generations. Why are they doing it? For power. Current benefit. I want to be able to zap this person or change the moon or go to that dimension. You really? There's people that can help you with that. It's going to cost you. Okay? And then finally, we have Babel. Which is Genesis, what, 11? Yeah, Genesis 1 to 11. 11? 10? 11. We'll say 11. Yeah. Okay. That's what happened. The rest of the Bible is fixing this up. And you can go through all your famous Bible stories, and you can see which one they're fixing up at that time. You can go click, tick, yeah, yep, and yep, and yep, okay. But it's not until Jesus you get a clean sweep. Yeah. Jesus is one, two, three, four, five. If you don't understand Genesis 11, that Babel is a, a terrible uh, indiscretion that God wants to fix up, we'll understand Acts 2 with tongues. We'll understand why Jesus is Lord of all the nations. We'll understand why he's making a holy nation. We'll understand the term uh, time of the Gentiles. Okay? We lose these people, but God wants everyone back in his family. All right. Can... We pull up Ezekiel 28, 11 to 19. We'll start with the full of, I say, Hasatan, like the Satan, like capital S, Satan. Okay. Now, people argue over this, whether this is actually about Satan, but it's certainly about the fall of an Elohim. Yeah. And I'm very happy for it to be Satan, <laughs> if it needs my approval. But here's the point. This is the structure of what happened. We know that because it continues through. So if this is a follower of Satan, he's doing it because Satan did it first. Okay, he's the father. So either Satan or someone expressing it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God. Okay. 
Now let's see, was this talking about the king of Tyre, the person, or was it talking about someone else? We'll pick it up pretty quickly. <laughs> you are the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, sardius, topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, emerald and carbuncle and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On that day that you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed guardian cherub. Okay? Now we know what type of being this, this guy is. A cherub. I placed you, you were on the holy mountain of God. Where? <laughs> Here. Here's the mountain. <laughs> okay? In the divine council. In the midst of the stones of fire you walked. So he could pretty much do whatever he wanted here. He's pretty pure. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trading, your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. What happened? He started trading this being. Just remember that. He started trading. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of your iniquities, in the unrighteousness of your trade, trading, you profaned your sanctuaries. So I brought fire from your midst. It consumed you. Okay? Constant thing. Fallen Elohim, get fire. Always happened. It, and I turned you to ashes on the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Who's that? The divine council. All who knew you among the peoples are appalled at you. You've come to a dreadful and shall be no more forever. All right. Okay. There's another one about the bright morning star that says, I will go up and sit on that throne. I'm saving that verse till later. <laughs> I'll use it later. But you get the point. Some guy fell. He was the first, and he was, he was special, okay? He was a special guy, right up here, right close to God, on the mountain, walked the fire, made perfect. He had settings of gold and jewels in him, very special guy. And he was trading, he was trading information for power. Yep, and then unrighteousness found in him, Yeah. I can do a better job than that guy. He is not a good father. Yeah. And so he's dead. He comes under death. He's separated from a good father. Any separation from the good father is death. Because only God is the giver of life. Only God most high. And all those who come under him or under his system or use his way of expressing themselves, will lead to death. Okay? All carnal acts will lead to death. And so, 
People now choose him through fear of lack. I can't get what I'm going to get through God because he's not a loving father or he didn't really say. First Adam, did God really say? Last Adam, are you really the son of God? He didn't say it or he wouldn't do that for me. And so I'm going to choose another source. Okay? And he'll give it to me, give it to me immediately for a price. The price is death. The devil doesn't want you sad. He wants you dead. He wants you dead. Yep. All right. Empire strikes back. It's getting worse. Okay. Hope it gets better. Oh, no. Adam and Eve. All right. So Adam and Eve, once again, I assume you know lots. I'm just adding missing structure. I've explained to you who Adam and Eve are. Okay. Adam was the son of God. Matthew says, Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. He's a Benoi Elohim, but a different type. This one has a body made from the ground. Yeah. And through intimacy and walking in the garden, in hearing the voice of God and believing he says who he says he is, he was going to become exactly like his father. And then someone came along and said, did he really say? And what is God? Invisible word. Question the very character and substance of God. And what did he say? Did he say, if you eat this, you will die? You know, you will surely not die. Genesis 3 is not about sin. It's about death. It's about changing kingdoms. From the law of life in Yahweh to the law of sin and death. And we're making this transition. And these eternal beings are now coming under the corrupted law of death and choosing the king of death, Satan, Hasatan, as their father. And they can make a free will choice because there's two trees. The tree of life, which is believe my word, or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now you know. Yep. And then they did know. And they knew that they did not deserve to be in God's presence. Before they were innocent, they didn't care. <laughs> they didn't know. Now they know. Yep. And they've come under the covering of another being, which we'll talk about later. But because they came under him and his word, which is his seed, his word, he's now fathering himself in them. And now he's got, they're corrupted, they've got death in them, and they cannot, they decide, the Elohim decide, if he reaches for the tree of life, they'll live forever in this corrupted state. We must get them out of Eden. And put some cherubim there. Yep. And a flaming sword, which is a frequency of perfection in heaven. If you are saved, you know Christ, your spirit man's perfect, it can go back through that flaming sword. The more your soul changes to agree with your spirit man, it can go back through that flaming sword. The more your body changes to agree with your spirit soul, it can go back through that. Okay, but you can't take Hasatan thinking through there. You can't go to heaven and say, get the woman who had her hair done. You can't do it. Okay? That's death. That's the gates of hell. That's the gates of hell. You're trying to take into that place. It won't go down very well. It never does. Okay. So what happened? God gave them everything to eat. 
and I saw the food, and it was beautiful to look at and useful to eat. Not necessary. Useful. If Adam and Eve didn't eat, would they die? No. So they didn't need it. But it's still useful. Okay? Beautiful to look at. Useful to eat. And then the devil shows them the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and it's useful to eat and beautiful to look at. Wicked. Perversion. Twisted. The opposite way around. Eden was for pleasure. Do you know why? Eden means pleasure. Okay? There's no need there. There's no lack there. And he said, this is useful. God and his kingdom is about spending time on him which is pleasurable. <laughs> and the devil's saying, take from this useful thing now. Get what you need now. Reach with your hand. Don't go by patience. Letting the word do the work. Reach now. And I let him overshadow them and it changed their DNA. All right, let's talk about that. Hovering over. This is what happened. I need to explain this because there is a theology out there called Serpent Seed. And I agree with everything that it says except what it says. <laughs> okay? Serpent Seed says that Eve had sex with the devil and then Adam did. Okay? And that's how Cain is born. And Cain is literally the devil's son. Yep? Okay? That's what it says. And then from there, they trace it all out. Everything from that point, what they trace out, is actually accurate. The Bible talks about it. But how they say it started, I'm very uncomfortable with. <laughs> okay? I don't believe it's consistent with Scripture. There is, uh, if you want sex in the Bible, it's okay. There's plenty. Okay? It's coming. All right? All right, don't worry. You'll get it. I can't wait till the chosen covers this bit. Yeah? So, <laughs> um, hovering over. Okay? This is how God creates. And the devil can only copy. Right? So, God, in Genesis 1 1, he hovered over the waters. He sent his word, which is his seed, his word. It's always the same thing. It means the same thing in Greek. Spermata. Okay? He sends his word, his seed, and it goes into the hovering over and it becomes substance. It becomes something. Okay? And he expresses his will in that. Okay? Because it's his word, it's his seed. It's his, out of the heart, he has spoken into the spirit and it's become something. As he hovered, brooded, hovered over the waters, vibrated over those waters. Yep. Okay? That's what the devil did. That's what's happening here. Reach for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They're coming under his covering. He's hovering over. Okay? Here's the spirit being over them. Okay? And he's sending his word. A seed comes in and they received it. Because a fruit has seed. Yeah? That's what they've taken into themselves. Okay? That's the picture. That's what they're trying to tell us here. A seed has gone into them. Not seed line... <laughs> Like I just said before, a hovering over, okay? And now the devil has children in that they express his nature. And Cain is born, and Cain expresses the nature of his father. 
be, he wants to honour God. How can that be? He tries to honour God. He brings God his sacrifices. And God rejects them. Why? Because he's using the knowledge of good and evil, which is his father. It's not from the heart, it's from the law. Cain would be, I mean this seriously, an excellent Christian. He'd be at church on time, go to all the prayer meetings, he'd behave very well, okay? And if you're under grace, he'd get angrier and angrier and angry at you and want to murder you like his father. He's the older brother who won't go in, okay? This son of yours, not my brother, that's murder. He can't believe in a good father. Satan was a Benai Elohim. He was part of the sons of God on some level. Okay? And when he's left, what does he do? He's turned on God. We know that because when Adam leaves, he says, it's your fault. You did this to me. You did this. The woman you put me with. And Eve does the same thing. It's the snake you put here. Okay? That's that rage against God. And uh, I think last time in Becoming the Beloved, I spoke on me finding I was very angry with God when I was, had no money one day. <laughs> and a disproportionate rage came out. What am I finding? I'm finding it deep in my DNA. There's something in me that says, it's your fault. See, you always abandon me. That's the devil. I took a friend <laughs> to see one of my all-time favourite bands. Okay, I won't tell you who they are. I was so excited. We drove two hours along the coast. It was a great day. We went to see it, and we watched. I got there early, watched all the support acts. I wanted to be well in a good place. And then they came on. First song is awesome. Second song boom, went dark. Boom. It was just dark. I thought, oh, this is not good. Anyway, I like their music. I'll just push through this. Doesn't affect me. I'm a Christian. Sucks to be other guys, but yeah, I'm all right. The next song went up, next song down, whoa, really dark. And this guy is walking on stage, he's walking around, he starts shifting, kid you not, like this, he starts walking like this, won't go into it too much, okay? And then something was happening, I couldn't work it out, but it was so dark and evil. I was with a friend, and I've driven all this thing, and I've got them, I've got the tickets, I was so excited, and I said, we're going to go. They said, yeah, we're going to go. We're walking out. It was awful. I said, do you know what's happening? He goes, yeah. He's reenacting the fall of Satan. I said, what? He says, yeah. Satan is that guy's father, and he's reenacting the crime, what Yahweh did to Satan. And as soon as he said that, the guy yells in the microphone, I won't do it, he goes, Father! 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 He's just yelling Father into the microphone. That's Satan. This guy's traded with Satan for his music ability. And it's very good. He got great music ability. I enjoyed his music until that moment. Good trading. Not. Okay? This guy hates the father. And he blames the father for his condition. Have you ever done that? There is an incredible verse in Job. God says to Job, it's like Job 40 or 38, between 38 and 40, I'll find it for you. He says, would you discredit me to justify yourself? I read that, I went, that's me. That's what I do. 
to justify my emotional state when I'm doing, I just scream at the Father. You aren't who you say you are. Or you are, but you don't do it for me. Or something. An accusation against his character. Well, look what I just found. <laughs> if only there's a way out. <laughs> if only there's a way of escape. Okay. Hates his father. Adam and Eve, they take it on. They come out. You did this to me. Because I reach for a taste, touch and see from a relationship of the invisible word. Hovering over. So, hovered over. Can we bring up uh, Luke 1, 35 to 38, please? I'm saying this now, because otherwise, you know, we'll go to bed like, oh, this is the worst ever. I don't want to get into this. You'll be like, it's the worst ever, and aliens want my brains. Like, it's going to be, like, it's going to be so sad. So I've got to give you some of the answers first. You know, I'll give you some of, a little bit of hope for, for, for day four. Okay. Does God have an answer for this? And the angel answered her, her being Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. What do we do? And the power of the Most High. Which, who, which, which one? Most High. Very clear. Because this has happened to other people. Okay? All through history. Because they, the, they know the mechanism. But this one's the Most High. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Wah. Overshadow. Okay? Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. God has fathered himself in Mary, sent his word, seed, by hovering over, spoken word, his very word, the word comes in and incarnates. Okay? And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Okay? The word, for nothing is impossible with God. Guess where that verse comes from? From this. You've all heard that verse. Where did that come from in the Bible? Right here. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel, not with wings, the messenger, departed. We don't know who it was. Someone here, one of these guys. Okay. Oh, it was it Gabriel, wasn't it? Gabriel. Was it Gabriel? Yep. Okay, we'll find out about Gabriel in a minute. Okay. Let it be according to your word. She's just undone Eve, right there. The promise to Eve, your seed will crush the Satan's head, the snake's head. There it is. She did the opposite. Eve said, not according to his word. Did he really say? I'm going to taste, touch and see by the natural law. And Mary said, I don't care about natural law. I don't care about what people are going to say. You are a good father. Be it to me according to your word. Perfect. Yep. And then Jesus, her son, says the same thing in the Garden of Eden. Quotes his mum. Perfect. Yep. If that's what you took away, that verse, that's the secret. Mary's been stolen from us. Mary is a, a giant a giant. Her actions are the secret. And so there's all the stuff. And you say, Mary's the secret? Oh, is that like Da Vinci Code? You know, or then we love Mary, what, like the Queen of Heaven? You know, like, can you see the effort against Mary? You know the effort against Mary? Because Satan hates 
women. Because Eve's seed, not Adam's, because Adam's not there. Eve's seed will crush his head. He knows that. As we'll see later, these guys also hate women. That's why Jesus did the opposite. He restored everything. And that's what you see in the church. Who is presenting their nature through the church? You can see how they treat women. Okay. Hovering over. Not serpent seed. Hovering over. Cain. Became a murderer like his father. Okay. Can we get Genesis 4.9 out, please? Very good. Genesis 4.9. The Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Sorry, next one. <laughs> 410. Yeah, that's, it does that. <laughs> and the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Okay. What's it crying out? This is my segue transition into this one. What's it crying out? If only we knew... If only there was a book that's not in the Bible but said what it is. A book that's not scripture, although it's true. This is the book of Enoch. Okay? This is one Enoch. When people talk about the book of Enoch, they normally mean first Enoch. There's a second Enoch, the third Enoch. But pretty much when people say the book of Enoch, this is what they're talking about. Okay? This one's Donner's. So uh, it's such. A secret, sacred text. You can get this on Amazon. Okay? This is, you'll see this one. This is the Hermeneia translation by George W.E. Nicholsberg. Okay? It's a good one. Trustworthy. The Ethiopian church protected it because they saw it as scripture. I'm just going read to read to you from Enoch 22. Don't worry about putting it up there. I'll be quick. Enoch 22, 6 to 7. Enoch's in heaven. He's walking around. He's talking to Raphael. How do you know it's a son of God? El, of God. Gabriel. Azriel. You see, all the watchers that fell were all Els. They all had a nature of God in them. They came to earth. They fell. And so they expressed that fallen nature and they traded it with men. Then I asked Raphael, the watcher and the holy one, who was with me, and said to him, The spirit that makes suit, who is that? That, has, that thus his lamentation goes up and makes suit unto heaven. He can hear a spirit crying out to heaven in this realm that they're in. And he answered me, Raphael, and said, This is the spirit that went forth from Abel, who Cain his brother murdered. And Abel makes accusations against him 
until his posterity, his children, perishes from the face of the earth, and his posterity, his children, is obliterated from the posterity of men. Now we know Abel's blood is crying out. The book of Enoch tells us. Abel's blood is remove Cain and his bloodline from the earth. All his children. And if you trace his bloodline... <laughs> anyway, that's what's crying out. That's what's saying. Give me revenge and remove Hasatan, this, this murderous, from, murderous line from the earth. Yep. Can we just bring up... We bring up, I think that's Hebrews 12, 23 to 24. <laughs> I was a little bit careless writing that down. Hebrews 12? I hope there's a Hebrews 12, 23 to 24. Well, this will be embarrassing. Oh, look at that. And to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, that'd be good to be part of them, and to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Abel's blood is crying out, wipe out this demonic seed line. But Jesus' blood is crying out something better. I wish that none would perish. I am the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I want everyone in. I paid a price. I've started a new line upon the earth, born of heaven. A new genetic line's come in, and you can all come in, Jew and Gentile, pure and mixed, Scythian, free, slave, Greek. You can all come in. I don't care what you're traded with. I don't care who it is. This is the ultimate victory. I'm not wiping you out. I'm bringing you in. That's where, that's where we are. Okay? That's the blood of Abel. But if we're crying out, that justice, okay, that's not what God's doing. Yep. Okay. So, we've got Adam and Eve. And the point I want to bring to that was a hovering over. Because I know you all know who Adam and Eve are. I'm just adding the elements which have been stripped from the story so we can understand what happens. And uh, and food was supposed to be, they, they made food useful and they took in the seed, the nature that came under his sound, okay? And then from there, you can see that Cain was born. And what we know of Cain, that he was of the evil one. That's what the scriptures say. New Testament says that. He was of the evil one. Okay. He's like his father. Because... He expressed his father's nature. If he was literally the son of Satan, he wouldn't be bringing vegetables to, to Yahweh. All right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Exciting. How are we going? Okay. Let's roll a video. Let's roll a video, uh, the, the demons one, just to lift the mood. Yeah. Okay, so good news at the end, okay? Good news, all right? Jesus came in the opposite. He didn't come as a king, went and smashed everyone. 
He let them touch him. He took on all their nature. He took it down to the grave, down to hell, came up victorious. Okay, so good news. Everyone's happy? Right. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the watchers. And the point he made there about Babel, when that Babel spread out, he says, that in Deuteronomy, Moses says, he does, Deuteronomy 32, he says, that was the moment where God assigned Elohim to these people. He tried to reach up to here, he tried to come find me, you want some gods? And that's where they got their gods at that moment. The Bible tells us. Okay, it's all there. Your Bible. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Right now, we're going to talk about Enoch. Enoch's a real person. What happened to Enoch? <laughs> he got taken up with his body. So if he still has his body, he can come back anytime he wants. So is the body. The body is very important. We've, that's why they, we find out that they argued over the body of Moses, we find out in Jude. The body is very important. Did John die? There's no record of John dying. He's still got the body. Maybe he's here. All right. We'll do uh, Genesis 5, 18 to 24. We'll come back to that in a second. We'll come back to Enoch in a second. Just a quick record of, of Enoch. When Jared had lived 162, 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Okay? When Enoch was born, Enoch's number seven, Adam's still alive. Adam met Enoch. They would talk to each other. Enoch knew exactly what was going on. Yep. He's six times father plus five grandfathers. Enoch's number seven. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch asked, when Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah. This is interesting. Some rabbis say Enoch didn't necessarily walk with God before that. And he had a son. When he had a son, he realized a father's love. After, very clear, after he fathered Methuselah, he decided to walk with God. Wasn't necessarily a good guy, we don't know. It was after that. Thus, all the days Enoch were 365 years, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Yep. Boom. Crossed over with his body. Can we move to Genesis 6, 1 to 8? Probably should be 1 to 5, we'll find out. 1 to 8. Increasing corruption on the earth. All right, <laughs> lots of trading going on. The DNA is changing, becoming less and less like our Father in heaven and more and more like a different Father. When man began to multiply on the face of the earth, of the land, on the face of the land, and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God, the Benai Elohim, okay, saw the daughters of man were attractive. And they took, took, taken, took, as their wives, any they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. 
Who are the Nephilim? The Nephilim are the children, physical children, okay? Very physical children. The Nephilim on the earth in those days and also afterwards. And the sons of God came to the doors of men and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men of these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of the man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made men on the earth. So the intention of the heart, what's your heart? It's your cellular memory, it's your frequency set, it's your nature. And we become wicked and evil all the time. Okay, we're choosing death, not life. All the time, that's who we are. And Lord regretted that he had made men on the earth and grieved, and it grieved into his heart. So the Lord said, I'll blot out the man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. Why is he wiping out all the animals? If only there was a book that could tell us. <laughs> For I am sorry that I have made them, but now I found favour in his eyes. I missed something there, man. Oh, so verse 4, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, the flood, and also afterwards, after the flood. Very important. Okay, so this is, one, is as important to describe the fallen nature and the evil of man as much as the fall is. Okay? And why is it only given that? Because this is 9-11. All the readers know this story. There's other books that describe it. It's referring to the other books that you, everybody knows. The, all the ancient cultures knew it. The Sumerians, the Babylonians, the Macedonians, and the Greeks. All their stories are of beings coming down before the flood, having children, pure beings before the flood, after flood, mixed beings. They all know it. And guess what? They see it as awesome. The gods came down, taught us stuff, then to bread with us. Then we've got half gods, and they taught us stuff. They see it as great. And that's why this is here. The Bible is saying it's not great. You're talking about Elohims, but Elohim, Elohim says it's not good. So, we need to understand what's going on here. And where we understand that is the book of Enoch. So, for the rest of tonight, I'm going to read you a story. I'm going to read to you from the book of Enoch. Okay. Selected highlights. They've numbered the book of Enoch to make it easy. So sit back and relax. Listen to the soothing tone of my Australian accent. Okay, I'm going to start, I'll tell you what I'm reading, uh, and we might try and keep up up there, but it's going to be a little bit difficult, because the book of Enoch doesn't flow like a normal scripture flows. Some chapters are literally one line long, like chapter 5, one line, and then the chapter 6, so. But I'm reading chapter 1 at the moment, I'm doing one to, verses 1 to 5. The words of the blessing, which with, this, who... Who has never heard the book of Enoch before? Put your hands up. Yeah. All right. Very good. 
We're about to hear something new. This is your inheritance, you're hearing. Yeah. I'm not saying it's scripture, I'm just saying it's true. The words of the blessing with which Enoch blessed the righteous chosen, or the elect. We're going to find lots of the concepts in scripture and lots of the things that Paul and Peter and John and Jude say, and Jesus, they first appear in the book of Enoch. The elect, the righteous chosen, who will be present on the day of tribulation to remove all the enemies and the righteous will be saved. Wow, who is this population? Who's this book being written to? This population, the elect. Who's the elect? It's not the Israelites. Yeah, it's us. This book was written for a future generation. This generation. To remove the enemies and the righteous will be saved. And he took up his discourse and said, Enoch is a righteous man whose eyes were opened by God, who had the vision of the Holy One and of heaven which he showed me. For the words of the watchers and the Holy Ones... So Holy One, Holy Ones. Elohim, Elohims. Yep. And, and I, for the words of the watchers and Holy Ones, I heard everything. And as I heard everything from them, I also understood what I saw. Not for this generation do I expound. So you're not saying, I'm not writing this book for this generation. I'm writing it for someone else. Who could that be? But concerning one that is, that is distant, I speak. And concerning the chosen, I speak now. And concerning them, I take up my discourse. He's writing this book for a future generation. The great Holy One will come forth from his dwelling and the eternal God will tread and, and thence upon Mount Sinai. Oh, how do you know that was going to happen? It's pretty clever, yeah? That did happen. <laughs> Next to this. He'll appear with his army. He'll appear with his mighty host from heaven of heavens. And the watchers will fear and quake. Which ones? The naughty ones. Yeah. And those who are hiding in all the ends of the earth will sing. Because the humans are hiding. Because as we find out, the watchers have kids. And those kids eat you. Okay, this is our history. And the ends of the earth will be shaken, and trembling and fear will seize them, the watchers, unto the ends of the earth. So he's telling, look out, watchers, God's coming. He's going to take you down. All right. I'm moving to Enoch 5. I'll read verse 7 and 9. This is God concluding some things here. For the chosen, so this is he's talking about who this book's for. You try and work out what time in history this could possibly be. For the chosen, there will be light and joy and peace, and they will inherit the earth. But for you wicked, there will be a curse. The wisdom will be given to all the chosen, and they will live, and they will sin no more through godlessness or pride. In the enlightened, in the enlightened man, there will be light. And in the wise man, understanding, and they will transgress no more, nor will they sin all the days of their life. Okay? He's talking about those who receive Christ. This is what John picks up. 1 John. If you're born of God, you don't sin. The devil doesn't touch you. Okay? And that, what? 
you think we've been given an inferior gospel? Let's <laughs> not going to it. <laughs> okay. It's written to us. Okay. It's written to one whose, whose sins are gone. That's us. This book's written to us. Okay. Enoch 6. Now I'm going to read you four or five chapters of Enoch. So you can just sit there and enjoy it and hear what happened in Genesis 6. The rebellion of the watchers, the conspiracy, the watchers, they're going to conspire. Some of these guys, some of these guys are going to get together and have a chat and work something out. When the sons of men had multiplied in those days, Genesis 6 1, Enoch 6 1. Beautiful and comely daughters were born to them, Genesis 6 1, Enoch 6 1. And the watchers, the sons of heaven, saw them and desired them. They said to one another, Come, let's choose for ourselves wives from the daughters of men, lest we get children for ourselves. Literal children. These are Benai Elohim. They look like us, they're so close to us, they can breed with us. Yep. And they can have literal children. And Shemi Haza, their chief, said to them, I fear that you will not want to do this deed, and I alone should be guilty of a great sin. Like, oh, let's all do this, let's all do this, let's all do this. And Shemi Haza says, mm. Have you ever seen that, that uh, game Rocket Man? You get five people, you say, let's run through the crowd yelling, I'm a rocket, I'm a rocket, I'm a rocket. And they go, all right, let's go. And then only one guy runs off, because that's the joke on him. He goes, I'm a rocket, I'm a rocket, I'm a rocket. And no one else is doing it? Okay. That's what Shemi Hazar is thinking is going to happen to him. Let's go take some women that have children. Hang on. I'm going to make sure you all come with me. Okay. And they all answered him, and they said, let us swear an oath. And let us bind one another with a curse, and none of us turn back from this council until we fulfill it and do this deed. To say, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to go down to earth, and we're going to take women, and we're going to have children. We're swearing on it. And they all swore together and bound one another with a curse, and they were, all of, all of them, 200. So now we know. There was 200. Who descended in the days of Jared. Who was Jared? Enoch's dad. Yep, and Adam's still alive at this moment. On to the peak of Mount Hermon. Very important, Mount Hermon. Because Jesus goes to Mount Hermon. He doesn't like this. Everything's undone. Everything I'm telling you here is flipped by Jesus. Sometimes using the exact phrases, exact numbers, exact words, exact places. And to... An Old Testament person who this story is their history, they know exactly what Jesus is doing in Caesarea Philippi. They know why he's there. They know why he goes north. They know why he got in the boat and crossed the river to go to that place, the ocean. And they called the mountain Hermon because they swore and bound one another with a curse on it. And these are the names of the chiefs. Okay, let's go. Shemihazah. This one was the leader. Oh, man. Second, third, fourth, fifth. There's lots of angels there. There's lots of Benoit Elohim. Okay, I'm moving on. Chapter 7. 
the deed and its result. These and all the others with them took for themselves wives from among such as they chose. They began to go into them and defile themselves through them and teach them the sorcery and charms to reveal to them the cutting of roots and plants. So, pharmakia, which Jesus comes against. Okay? They're, uh, they're trading with these women too. They're teaching them how to uh, make potions, basically. All right. Not evil of itself. Okay? You got young living oil? Don't worry, it's okay. Okay? You're eating organic avocados, it's okay. All right? But um, it's the source. Why are they doing this? To control, manipulate, bring death. Control free will. Witchcraft is controlling free will. Yep. And they conceived from them and brought them great giants. And the giants begot Nephilim. All right, so Nephilim, another step down. Billy Elwim have giants. Giants have Nephilim. And to the Nephilim were born Eliud. Okay. Another crew, because every time it goes through a, a generation, one step removed, it gets a different name. And other, like the Babylonians, say the same thing, because their history too. Yep, first were these guys, and they had children, they're these guys. One step down, they're these guys. Yep. And they were growing in accordance with their greatness. They were devouring the labor of all the sons of men. Okay. You've got some pretty freaky dudes on the earth, some are big, they're quite dimensional, and now men have to work for them. Probably to feed them. Can you imagine how much they eat? And the men were not able to supply them how much they needed. And the giants began to kill men and devour them. Okay, you're not giving me enough food? Well, I made a decision. Your food. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and the creeping things and the fish. What does that mean, to sin against these things? DNA, yep, DNA. They're at best hovering over, at worst doing something else, which is banned by Leviticus. Why was the law given? To protect the body. That's why it's banned, okay? Why did God have to wipe out all those animals? Well, when Israel went into other, other nations, sometimes God said, wipe out all their animals. Not all of them, but this crew, their animals. Keep their animals, wipe out their animals. Mixture. And to devour one another's flesh, and they drank the blood, also banned. And the, earth, and the earth brought accusations against the lawless one. The earth brought accusations against these ones. So what's happening? This is happening on earth. <laughs> and here's all these humans hiding at the ends of the earth. Remember before it said, good news to those hiding at the ends of the earth. God's coming. They're hiding from people eating them. And their word goes up to heaven. You don't understand divine counsel, you don't understand what's happening in Scripture. The earth brought accusation against the lawless ones. Okay. And now we have a list of all the things that the angels taught people, right? It's a history book. It says, oh, I'll go through them. As they all taught men to make swords of iron and weapons and shields and breastplates of every instrument of war. Okay? So the Romans probably called him Mars. It's the same people. The Titans, the Greek gods, the Roman gods, the Norse gods, the Sumerian gods, the Babylonian gods. Same crew. Same thing happened. 
Talk to us of men. Look at what Europe is. <laughs> Look at what's in front of the EU building. It's a Benoit Elohim taking a daughter. That's what it is. That's what it is. In Brussels and elsewhere. Asal taught the men to make swords and weapons and shields and breastplates of every, every instrument of war. He showed them metals of the earth and how they should work gold to fashion it suitably and concerning silver to fashion it for bracelets and ornaments for women. And he showed them concerning antimony and eye paint and all the manner of precious stones and dyes. Okay, so showing you how to make jewellery. Is jewellery wrong? <laughs> Later on, like God loves jewellery. He loves artwork. Look at his Ark of the Covenant. It's the reason this stuff is being done. So you're wearing eyeshadow, you're not a Nephilim. Okay, it's all right. It's the reason behind it. Yep. It's the heart behind it. Always the heart intent. And the sons of men made for themselves and for their daughters, and they transgressed and led the holy ones astray. So there's, there's trading, transgression, okay? Remember this word, transgression, because the New Testament quotes this book. And if you don't understand this book, we don't understand why. Hey, spoiler alert, the law was added because of transgressions. Why was the law added? Because of this. But we don't understand this. We go, oh yeah, transgressions, that was them breaking the law. No, 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 there's no law. There's not transgressions breaking the law. There was no law. Oh, it was Adam and Eve. No, that's not transgressions. The law was added because of transgressions. He wanted peculiar people that didn't mess around with angels. Fallen beings. The law was added to protect the body. Which we'll see tomorrow. So, come back. Shemi Haza, their boss taught spells and the cutting of roots, as we saw before. Herman and I taught sorcery for the loosing of spells and magic skills, and on and on and on it goes, okay? They taught them stuff about the moon and the stars, they revealed the mysteries to the wives and to the children, and as the men were perishing, their cry went up to heaven. Okay, so all this is happening. Mankind, the sons of Adam, that mankind, we're perishing. Okay, we're being taken over. Number nine. The intercession of the four archangels. So the cry's going up. And who hears it? Does it go to, go to God Most High? No. Who's doing this? Watchers. So who's going to dob them in? Watchers. Remember Daniel? Remember Daniel? The watchers decreed this. The watchers saw the watchers. The fallen watchers. Who was watching the watchers? The watchers are. And they took care of it. They made a decision. We're going to take these guys out. And that's why they came down and one guy who's not named takes on, comes down when Daniel asks to take out and he can't come because the prince of Persia is fighting him. Why is the prince of Persia fighting him? Because in Deuteronomy 32, 32, 8, I think, he's given that land. That's his land. It was given to him. It's our Babel according to the table of 70 nations. 
70 nations are in trouble here. What does Jesus do with 70? He wants the nations back. All right. I'm trying to keep it happy. I'm trying to tell you all the good stuff. <laughs> okay. So the cry goes out. Then Michael and Sariel and Raphael and Gabriel, okay, so sons of God, looked down from the sanctuary of heaven, where are they? Divine council, upon the earth and saw much bloodshed on the earth. All the earth was filled with the godlessness and violence that had befallen it. And entering in, they said to one another, the earth, devoid of, it, of inhabitants, raises the voice and their cries to the gates of heaven. And now to us, the holy ones of heaven, the souls of men make suit. The council's hearing uh, earth cry out to it. The men of earth make suit. They're crying out this word. Bring in our judgment to the most high. That's the crying out. The LOMs are going crazy. No, LOMs are saving us. Go tell the boss. Go tell the Most High. And our destruction before the glory of the majesty, before the Lord of all lords in his majesty. We're being destroyed. There is a great God. We're being destroyed. That's the crying out to heaven. And approaching, they said to the Lord of the ages. So this is the four angels now. They're walking to the divine council. And this is what they say. These Elohim, is what we're going to say to the Elohim of Elohims. You are the God of gods. Oh, look at that. And the Lord of lords. And the King of kings. Wow. Who, where did that come from when you read that in Scripture? It comes from here. And the God of ages. And the throne of your glory exists for every generation of the generations that are from old. And your name is holy and great and blessed for all the ages. You have made all things and have authority over all. Okay, this is how you address God when you walk into the divine council. Remember this? Okay. All things are manifest and uncovered before you. They're saying, hey God, you are the everything and you see everything. And you see all things and there's nothing that can be hidden from you. You see what Azael has done. So they're talking to God pretty rigidly here. Okay, they're his sons. They're talking to their dad. We also know who he is. That's us. Who has taught all the iniquity on the earth and has revealed the eternal mysteries that are in heaven, which the sons of men were striving to learn. And what Shemihazah has done, to whom you gave authority to rule over them who are with him. Okay, he says, look at your Ben Elohim are doing. Who you gave authority to. When? At Babel. How do we know? Jeremiah 32, 8 tells us. They're saying... The guys you put there are messing up and you know everything. That's pretty brave. Yeah. They're their friends. They're, 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 these are Benai Elohim, they're sons of God. They've got a relationship going on here. They have gone into the doors of men of the earth and they have lain with them and they have defiled themselves with women. And they've revealed to them all sins and have taught them to make hate inducing charms. So that's how we know the jewelry is bad. Okay. And now look, the daughters of men have born sons from them, giants and half-breeds. And the blood of men is shed upon the earth. The giants and half-breeds, they're killing men, eating them. And the whole earth is filled with iniquity. And now look, the spirits of the souls of the men who have died make suit. So all the people that have died, that these Nephilim have killed, they're crying out, 
How do we know it does that? Abel's blood did that. Their blood's crying out. These spirits are crying out. There is something going wrong upon the earth. And their groan has come up to the gates of heaven, and it does not cease to come forth from the presence of the iniquities that have come upon the earth. You know all the things before they happen. All right, they're really putting it to God here. And you see these things, and you permit them. They're having a divine council right now. We're been quite tense, I imagine. And you do not tell us what we ought to do with them in regard to these things. They're saying, you've seen all this happen. You haven't told us to do anything. Because they know they can. They know who these guys are. They grew up with them. They're out there, old brothers. All right? And they go sort it out. They don't like. Because God gave these guys giftings in heaven. They took men down to earth and they traded them on the earth for power. Traded. Traded. Iniquity is found within them because of their trading. The same as their father. So God commissions these angels to go do something. Then the Most High declared, and the Great One, the Holy One, spoke. He sent Sariel to the son of Lamech. Okay? Son of Lamech is Noah. All right. <laughs> Go to Noah and say to him in my name, hide yourself and reveal to him that the end is coming, that the whole earth will perish. Okay, God's made a decision. <laughs> I'm going to sort this out. I'm going to wipe it all out. That's, this is the most highest decision. And tell him that a deluge is about to come on the whole earth and destroy earth on destroy everything on the earth. Teach the righteousness of the one what he should do. The son of Lamech, how he may preserve himself alive and escape forever. From him a plant will be planted and his seed will endure for all generations of eternity. So tell Noah, there's a way of escape and your generation will last until the very end. And if you trace his bloodline, it does. It goes all the way to Jesus. All right. Ezekiel 13. Not Ezekiel, Enoch. <laughs> okay. And Enoch. Go and say to Aziel. So now Enoch is seeing all this. Okay, we'll skip a few chapters. And God's getting Enoch involved. God called Enoch up. Enoch's there and he's terrified. Okay, I've skipped a few chapters. And God says, come here, you're righteous, it's okay. And he's letting him in. He wants a man in on this to help men. And Enoch, go and say to Aziel, one of the fallen angels, you will have no peace. A great sentence has gone forth against you to bind you. You will have no relief or petition because the unrighteous deeds you have revealed and because of all the godless deeds and the unrighteousness and the sin you have revealed to humans. He's taught them how to do bad stuff. Then I went and spoke to all of them together. So he said, go to see Aziel. So Enoch goes, because he speaks to all of them together. And they were all afraid, and trembling and fear seized them. So these 200, Enoch, whose eyes have been opened by God, has walked up to them, and they are terrified. because They know the divine counsel has spoken. They know. They've been caught. And they asked that I write, so they're asking Enoch, I write a memorandum of petition for them that they might have forgiveness. So these fallen watchers have met Enoch. They're saying, Enoch, can you write a petition? Go back to the divine council and ask that we're forgiven. And that I recite the memorandum and the petition for them in the presence 
of the Lord of heaven. For they were no longer able to speak or lift their eyes to heaven out of shame for the deeds though they, through which they had sinned, for which they had been condemned. Then I wrote out the memorandum of their petition and the request concerning themselves with regards to their deeds individually. 200, it takes some time. And concerning their sons, their sons. They want, they know they're in trouble. Okay, forgive us. And also our sons, our Nephilim and our giants and all those other crew. Physical sons. For whom they were making requests that they might have forgiveness and longevity. Like let them live long in the land. Okay? If you read the other accounts from other crew, that's what these guys want. They want immortality. Gilgamesh wants to find a garden so he can have immortality. What's he doing? <laughs> exactly what you think he's doing. And I went far off and sat by the waters of Dan in the land of Dan, which is south of Hermon, to the west. I recite to God the memorandum of the petition, and I fell asleep. And look, dreams came upon me, and the visions fell upon me. I saw the visions of wrath, and there came a voice saying, Speak to the sons of heaven to reprimand them. And when I had awakened, I went to them. All of them were assembled together. I've been waiting for Enoch. He's coming back. What's going to happen now? And they were sitting and weeping at Abel, Maine, which is between Lebanon and Sneer, covering their faces. All heavenly dimensions are attached to a geographic location. That's very important. And I recite in their presence all the visions that I had seen in the dream. I began to speak the words of truth and the vision and reprimand to the watchers of heaven. Okay. The book of the words of truth and the reprimand of the watchers who are from old, according to the command of the great holy one. This is it. This is the reprimand that came from heaven. In the dream that I dreamed. In this vision, I saw my dream while I now speak with a human tongue and with the breath of my mouth, which the Great One has given to humans, to speak with them and to understand with the heart. As he created and destined humans to understand the words of knowledge, so he created and destined me to reprimand the watchers, the sons of heaven. I wrote up your petition. They're all waiting. And in the vision, it was shown... To me thus, that ye will not obtain your petition for all the days of eternity. Done. Eternity. Eternal crime. Eternal punishment. Done. But your judgment has been consummated in the decree against you. From now on, you will not ascend into heaven for all the ages. They're locked out. It has been decreed to bind you in bonds in the earth for all the days of eternity. And that before these things, you will see the destruction of your sons, your beloved ones. What are you saying? You're bound, okay? So those watchers aren't doing anything with us anymore. Those guys, those sort of watchers, they're bound. Don't worry about them, okay? And they're going to watch their sons perish. Or the giants, or the Nephilim, and whoever was on from there, they're going to watch their own children perish. That you will have no pleasure in them, but they will fall before you by the sword and by a flood. Accordingly, 
You will not obtain your petition concerning them, nor concerning yourselves. You will be petitioning and making supplication, but you will not be speaking any word from the written writing that I have written. All right. Then uh, it goes on a lot about uh, some of the stuff you saw. I picked up in 1418. And I was looking and I saw a lofty throne. So he's delivered his vision, okay? And God is bringing him back up to heaven. He's describing all the things he sees. It's pretty amazing. Wind and fire and things were terrifying for him and pillars and stuff like that. And I was looking and I saw a lofty throne. And its appearance was like ice. So he's looking at the throne, okay? Its appearance was like ice, and its wheels were shining like the sun. A wheeled throne. <laughs> Mother sheep. I'm not saying it's scripture, I'm just saying it's true. And its wheels were shining like the sun, and the voice or the sound of the cherubim from beneath the throne. Oh, cherubim. Moving with a throne on wheels. From beneath the throne issued rivers of flaming fire, and I was unable to see the great glory that sat upon it. You can't see. No one can see God. No flesh can see God. Okay? And the great glory sat. And this is something very important in Hebraic thinking. Every time someone has a vision of God's glory, it's personified in a body. Because glory and body are equated. The glory sat. Same with Ezekiel. There's always a connection between the human body and glory. Or the God's body and glory would become like him. The great glory sat upon it. His apparel was like the appearance of the sun and whiter than snow. Oh, look at that. No angel could enter into the house and look at his face because of the splendor and glory, and no human could look at him. Flaming fire encircled him, and a great fire stood by him, and none of those about him approached him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. You think John read Enoch? But he needed no counselor, for every word was deed. His every word was deed. His every word was deed. He's not a man he should lie. Everything he says is. <laughs> and, the Holy One of, and the Holy Ones of the watchers who approached him did not depart by night, nor by day did they leave him. Until now I've been on my face, prostrate and trembling. And the Lord called me with his mouth and said to me, Come here, Enoch, and hear my words. That would be terrifying, wouldn't it? And one of the holy ones came to me and raised me up and stood me, exactly like Daniel. Daniel's on the ground, he's trembling, and some being comes and touches him and stands him up. Stood me on my feet and brought me up to the door, while I had my face bowed down. He answered and said to me, and I heard his voice, Fear not, Enoch, fear not. Righteous man and scribe of truth, come here and hear my voice. Go and say to the watchers of heaven, who sent you to the petition on their behalf. Right, go on and talk to them again. You should petition in behalf of you should petition on behalf of humans, not humans on behalf of you. That's what they're supposed to do, these gods of the nations. They're supposed to come up 
to heaven and say, hey, help these people out. But they didn't do that. Instead, they traded and taught wickedness and had their own children. Why have you forsaken the high heaven, the eternal sanctuary, and lain with women and defiled yourselves with the doors of men? Okay. Defiled yourself with women. That's also said later in Scripture. You have def- These people did not defile themselves with women. Unless you understand this, you might think, it sounds like it's treating women very poorly. But marriage is the image of the church in Christ. And Adam and Eve and all that. He finds a wife, finds a good thing. Okay? Unless, <laughs> unless you understand this, it puts that negative spin on, on femininity again. You need to understand this to understand what's going on. 144,000 had not defiled themselves with women. Okay, just spoiler alert. <laughs> you lay with women and defiled yourselves with the daughters of men and taken for yourself wives and done as the sons of the earth and begotten yourselves sons, giants. You were holy ones and spirits living forever. They were living forever. Remember what Psalm 82 said? I called you gods, but now you will die like men. Now you understand that context. That's what you're talking about. Gods and men. With the blood of women you have defiled yourselves. With the blood of flesh you have begotten. And with the blood of men you have lusted. And you have done as they do. Flesh and blood who die and perish. Like Psalm 82. Therefore I gave them women that they may cast seed into them and thus beget children by them that nothing foul them on the earth. But you originally existed as spirits, living forever and not dying for all generations of eternity. Therefore, I did not make women among you. Okay, For the sons of men, they could reproduce because they don't live forever. But <laughs> for these guys, I didn't give you women because you're eternal. You're eternal spirits. That's what Jesus says in heaven. There's no giving or taking in marriage. You're spirits. The spirit... Therefore, I did not make women among you. The spirits of heaven in heaven is their dwelling. But now the giants who were begotten by the spirits of and flesh, so the giants were begotten by spirits and flesh, though together, they will call them evil spirits on the earth, for their dwelling will be on the earth. What are demons? We say they're fallen angels. Where did you get that from? Oh, I got it from the book of Revelation. That say when Satan fell, he took a third of the stars with him. Well, the book of Revelation is written after the cross. But there's demons in the Gospels. So it can't be that. Unclean spirits are these children and their children, different classes. When they die, their spirits can't go to heaven. They wander the earth. They're unclean. They're mixed. That's who unclean spirits are. And they know exactly what they are. Because when they see Jesus, what do they say? We know who you are, son of the Most High. Because they're sons, but not of the Most High. They know exactly what's going on. But now the giants who are begotten by the spirits and flesh, they will call them evil spirits on the earth, for their dwelling will be on the earth. Okay, that's the guys stick around until their final judgment. The spirits that have gone forth from the body of their flesh are evil spirits. So when these guys die, 
these giants die, these Nephilim die, their spirits are the evil spirits. And what they want? They want a body. They want to get into your nervous system. Just by speaking to you, you're useless. You're an idiot. God would never do that for you. Did God really say, are you the precious son of God? They want to get into your emotions. They want to get into your DNA. They want that word to go into you and become part of your frequency set so they can affect your emotions and affect your words. Hopefully, they'd like to control your whole body so you have no free will. The spirits that have gone forth from the body of their flesh are evil spirits. For from humans they came into being, and from the holy watchers was the origin of their creation. Evil spirits they will be on the earth, and evil spirits they will be called. The spirits of heaven, in heaven is their dwelling. But the spirits begotten on the earth, on the earth is their dwelling. Being very clear. And the spirits of the giants led astray, do violence, make desolate, and attack and wrestle and hurl upon the earth and cause illness. That's what the giants are doing. They eat nothing but abstain from food and are thirsty and smite. These spirits will rise up against the sons of men and against women, for they have come forth from them. Okay. So rise up against men and against women. Why against women? Because they came from women. They're very angry. In some way, some way Adam's going, you put me here. You did this to me. These spirits are angry with women they came from women. I exist and I hate it and it's your fault. From the day of the slaughter and destruction and death of the giants, from the soul of those who flesh the spirits are proceeding, they are making desolate without incurring judgment. Okay? These spirits around, they're active to this day. Alright? Then these guys aren't locked up. The watchers, locked up. But these spirits, still around. Thus they will make desolate until the day of the consummation of the great judgment. Book of Revelation. When the great age will be consummated, it will be consummated all at once. And now say to the watchers who sent you to petition on their behalf, who were formerly in heaven, in the divine council, you were in heaven and no mystery was revealed to you, but a stolen mystery you learned. And I took it to earth and traded. Yep. Trading. And this you made known to the women in your hardness of heart. So, and through this mystery, the women and men are multiplying evils on the earth. Say to them, you will have no peace. Okay? It's all your fault. I'll read you one last bit, and then you have a big nap. Okay. Enoch 20. Verse 1, list of the seven archangels. These are the names of the holy angels who watch. Cool, yeah. Uriel, one of the holy angels who are in charge of the world and Tartarus. Peter mentions Tartarus. Raphael, one of the holy angels who is in charge of the spirits of men. Ruel, one of the holy angels who takes vengeance on the world of the luminaries. The stars the holy you know, beings. Michael, one of the holy angels who has been put in charge of the good ones of the people. Michael protects the good people. So who does Michael protect? Us now, and in the Old Testament, Israel. Sariel, one of the holy ones 
who is in charge of the spirits of, who sin against the spirit. If you are a naughty angel, you don't want to see Sariel. <laughs> Gabriel. We love Gabriel. He's on our Christmas cards. One of the holy angels who was in charge of paradise and the serpents and the cherubim. Who are the serpents? Seraphim. Remiel, one of the holy angels whom God has put in charge of them that rise. The names of the seven archangels. I travelled to where it was chaotic, and there I saw a terrible thing. I saw neither heaven above nor firmly founded earth, but a chaotic, terrible place. And there I saw seven of the stars of heaven bound and thrown in it together. Not these guys, <laughs> but uh, seven of the leaders of the 200. Like the great mountains burning in fire. Okay. Angels, if you follow Satan, you go to fire. This is where it comes from. Okay. Then I said, for what reason they have been bound, and for what reason have they been thrown here? Then Uriel said to me, one of the holy angels was with me, and there was a leader, so you was the leader of those seven. He said to me, Enoch, why do you inquire, and why are you so eager for the truth? These are the stars of heaven that transgressed the command of the Lord. They've been bound here until 10,000 years are fulfilled, the time of their sins. Okay? So these guys are bound in fire. They're not coming back. From there I travelled to another place, more terrible than this one. I saw a terrible thing, a great fire burning and flaming there. The place had a narrow cleft extending to the abyss. The abyss. So there's different places. The abyss. What do the demons say to Jesus? Don't send us to the abyss. This place. Full of great pillars of fire, worn downward. Neither the measure nor the size was I able to see or to estimate. And I said, how terrible is this place and feel, feel to look at? The Ural answered me, one of the holy ones, angels who was with me. He said, Enoch, why are you so frightened and shaken? And I replied, because of this terrible place and because of the fearful sight. He said, this place is a prison for angels. Here they'll be confined forever. A lake of fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. All right. The book of Enoch. If you don't understand divine counsel, if you don't understand hovering over and the seed line, if you don't understand the watchers, then you don't understand what's going on. Okay? But now you do. You understand what's happening today. If we can have... I'll finish with these scriptures here, just on Enoch. Just so you know, Jesus... Uh, you can tell by the way he acted. He knew who this, what this was. He knew about the divine counsel because they called him the Son of the Most High. Are you here to torture us before our time? What? Where does that come from? Jesus didn't go, what? What's that? Before the time? That's not in the Bible. He didn't say that. He knew exactly what they're talking about. There's an appointed time. The numbers are in here. Yeah. That comes Son of the Most High. Correct. Right. Um, can we put up 2 Peter 2, 4, 4 to 6? People who study the Bible, they find it very interesting. Paul wrote Galatians and Ephesians. I believe Galatians and Ephesians, the framework is modelled on the book of Enoch. 
and Second Peter. And people write these tables and they go, Galatians, Enoch, Galatians, Enoch, Galatians, Enoch, or Ephesians, Enoch, Ephesians, Enoch, or Second Peter, Enoch. Okay? Very familiar. And then you see, it's always in their mind. Because we just think that this is the only thing that happened. We don't think about this very much. We think everything's about this and nothing about this. Where the epistles are dealing with all this simultaneously. Jesus came and fixed it all up. Yeah. So 2 Peter 4, 5 and 2 Peter 2. Uh, oh, sorry, verse from verse 4. 4 to 6, sorry. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, that's not in the Bible. But cast them into hell, or Tartarus, yeah, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. What we just read. What's he quoting? Enoch. Yes, first Enoch. If you did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought the flood upon the world of the ungodly, by if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making an example of them, what's going to happen to the ungodly? So he's saying, if you follow these guys, okay, okay, and I want to show you here that he connects Solomon and Gomorrah. Because in Solomon and Gomorrah, they were doing this trading. Because angels went in, what did the men want to do? Sleep with the angels. It's exactly this. In Peter's mind, watchers, trading, Enoch, Solomon, Gomorrah, same thing. Mixing human DNA, trading. Yep. Uh, Jude 1, 6 to 14. Okay. And the angels did not stay within their own position of authority. <laughs> Always reading Enoch. I gave you stuff, I gave you stuff to do, but you went down to earth and did something else. Okay? They have not left their first estate. Some angels are still there. Lots of them. Lots of Ben Elohim are still in their first estate doing what they should do, but 200 didn't. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, the heavens and the thrones they had there, he has kept in the eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Exact same thing. He's quoting Second Peter. <laughs> or he's read Enoch. Justice, Solomon and Gomorrah, straight away. Okay? Solomon and Gomorrah, we think it's about something, the church, but it's not. It's about this. This is what Solomon Gomorrah is about. Okay? And they didn't treat the poor very well because they're like their father Satan, but God loves the poor. Just as Solomon Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire. And we think, ah, oh, I know what the church thinks that what that is. Okay? Unnatural desire, strange flesh is another translation of that. Okay? Not Solomon Gomorrah is not what we say it is. It's what the Bible says it is. And it's saying right now, it's trading with beings. Served as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. You follow Satan, you go to the fire. Okay? 
we willingly step through a baptism of fire. <laughs> We're choosing that, okay? So Satan's your father, you go live with your dad, all right? Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh. It's about the body, the human body, okay? All sins are the same. All sins are cleaned by Jesus. But sexual sin is different. Why is it different? Because it's against your own body. The very thing he's trying to prevent from Genesis 3 onwards, okay? Sin's forgiven. That has a different effect on the earth. Sexual sin changes this, yeah? And this belongs to God. Your body belongs to God. It's to, have to carry the glory. It's his temple, okay? So yet, in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. Okay, they're like their father. They're very angry at these good people. <laughs> right? They're very angry at them. But when the archangel, archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, okay? Why did, why did Moses need the body? Because he came back. Where? On the Mount Transfiguration. Why there? We'll find out in two days. <laughs> The archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses. He did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Okay? These glorious ones, okay? We'll be very careful how we talk about them. They were there before us. Okay? I remember um, a famous speaker who you may know, used to talk about meeting Aby Baby. Yeah? <laughs> he tells this story. I um, met Abraham. He's good friends with Abraham. So they called him Maybe Baby. And one day he went to heaven and <laughs> this whatever Moses looks like in heaven, Abraham. And he stepped in, Abraham's there. He says, My name is Abraham. And he's like, Right. No more Maybe Baby. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a glorious place. We're going there. God's word is deed. We just speak like oracles of God and change our words. Yep. Be very careful how we talk about these things. But the people blaspheme all, they, all that they do and do not understand. And they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain, who was of the evil one. Yep. Cain, the devil was his father by expressing that nature. He murdered a beloved son because he's working by works and it didn't get him anywhere by works, the knowledge of good and evil. He was doing right, doing right, doing right in his mind. And God said, if you don't do right, will you not be accepted? You know, I'm doing right. But murder builds like the older brother, okay? Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts, as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by wind, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. He's saying, you trade with these guys, they've got nothing. They're empty clouds. Okay? But if you don't know this, 
You think he's talking about, what, bad Bible teachers? What's he talking about here, you know? It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones. We've just read. Enoch, very important. Son of man is the term that's used in Enoch first. Not the fire with women. Angels go into fire, 10,000. We find out what unclean spirits are. And then we understand what they are. We understand why they dealt with Jesus the way they dealt with Jesus, why Jesus dealt with them the way he dealt with them. So good news. Okay? Good news is that you've accepted a new genetic line. I'm trying to end on a happy note. So you don't go to bed clutching your knees to your chest, rocking back and forth. <laughs> if you're Jesus' land, they have no authority. They have nothing in common. Yeah? You're like your father. You choose now to send rain on the good and the evil. They can't touch you because they have nothing to agree with you in. You're being good to all. They want you to get jealous and murder all. Okay? The devil's not evil like Darth Vader evil. Evil. Like, he's not evil. Okay? He's cruel, cruel, cruel. He doesn't want you sad. He wants you dead. Don't give him a foothold. How? Be like your dad. That seed that's in you has a nature. And that seed is growing and growing and growing. And that seed is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, understanding. That's your true nature. The Sermon on the Mount is not a list of things to attain to. Cain would read it that way. It describes you. It's describing the kingdom, which is the Father's nature, which is your nature. You've literally been born again of a new seed line. This is why we must be born again. We must be born again. And not tomorrow, but the day after. We will see how Jesus addresses all of these. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll see how Israel addressed some of this stuff. Okay. And then next day we'll see how Jesus addressed all of this. And so do we. Okay. We're a peculiar people. God delights to give you the kingdom. And everything in you that doesn't believe that is this old record, but that's great. You're designed to overcome. Because when I wake up in the morning, I don't necessarily feel that God's a loving Father that delights me and sings over me. All right? There's many times in my life I don't feel that way. Okay? It's a word that's in me. It's come from experience, interpretations, my line. And I was a spirit being that inherited this DNA. And then I came. Whether you believe you're created at conception, you're a spirit being that came down and inherited DNA, that you knew God. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Okay? That's what I believe. I knew him. I came in. And I accepted this DNA. And this DNA, because it's from Europe, okay? I'm not European. This DNA is, but it's becoming God. I've got some of this. I've got some of this. I've got lots of this. Got some Zeus and some Diana and some Bacchus and I'm, I'm from Scandinavia. I'm from Germany. I'm from uh, England. My DNA loves these guys. <laughs> All right? Okay? And these guys don't like God. 
And there's something in me, which I've discovered over the years, that's very angry with God. I don't know why, nothing really bad happened. But when bad stuff happens, I'm like, see, you abandoned me. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> a word comes in. So I say, see, God abandoned you. It's looking for wah, wah, looking for that same record in me. Okay? But a better word's coming. I'm the beloved son. Yep. You look at my sermons. All my sermons are me dealing with this in me. If you look at, read, watch one of my sermons and go, Chris is really good in that area. No, no. My sermons, as we heard this morning, are from the area of my struggle and strife. That makes me an overcomer. If those who overcome will sit on his throne. Yep. The book of Revelation is the secret to transfiguration. Yeah, and that's what you're doing. You're the DNA. Did you choose your DNA? I don't know. Okay? But if you see someone who, you look at their life, and they had the worst childhood ever, sexually, emotionally, physically, financially, and now they're 30, and they are a mess, but they've received Christ, but they can't put their life together, they can't hold a relationship, they can't do their finances, they can't even shower before they come to church. Okay? That's the DNA around them. Do you see the heart? Do you see them? Because the person who received that DNA will overcome it by the time he's 80. It's what you overcome. You just make a, a grid. Let's say you're the seventh generation of pastors and you're here. Life's great. Okay? You marry the worship leader, you have great kids, and blah, 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 okay? Life's like this. But have you overcome? No, you're good eye to eye with other churches. Why are you comparing yourself to churches? The only person you can compare yourself to is the glorified Christ. And some guy gets born down here, terrible childhood, terrible physical, emotional, sexual, other stuff into him, maybe ritual abuse, da-da-da, and he's here. And by the time he's 70, he might believe that God actually likes him. He's gone from here to here. Some guy's born here, overcomer, not an overcomer. Okay? You've overcome. When you overcome, you're removing that bad DNA. What are you doing? Removing the giants from the land. You're saying, God, I can do that. Remember, like, you want to be the good spies? Here's your chance. They have been given to you. They've heard what God did to Egypt the biggest, baddest Elohim on the block, and they're smaller Elohims than, the, than, than Ra. He did that to Ra. We're goners. And all I can say is, you can't come in here. That's all I can do. But you can. No truces. Joshua made a truce. Destroy everything. You can take that land. This land. This land can say at all times, I have a good father who delights in me. And his word is his deed. And I bless my enemies, like my father. As they're killing me. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus offered his body. On the night he was betrayed. Have you been betrayed? On the night he was betrayed, he gave up communion. He made his commitment. 
on the night he was betrayed. That's who you are. You love. You didn't love God. God first loved you. Okay? And that is why you're saved. And that will be your enemy's testimony. The person who on earth makes you the maddest because all the crimes they're doing, their testimony will be, that Christian first loved me. While I was yet a sinner, I was loved by the church. And kindness led me to repentance. Because you're God. Get the t-shirt. It's better that he left, that you're here. You are that already. That seeds in you. That's your nature. You're already it. All you're doing is believing what you already are. You can believe the invisible word that God says, you are my sons. Joy, peace, patience, kindness. This is what you are. Fruit of the Spirit. Work of flesh. Fruit of the Spirit. You know, taste, touch and see. You can look for earthy justice. Look what those people are doing. Let's smash them. Or love. Would you lay your life down for them? When you lay your life down for them, and that's your heart, you go to the divine council. This guy here, he can choose whether to take him out or not. Remember he talks about Jezebel? That Jezebel, she slept around having kids, giving false prophecies. She's out. First sleeping around. Two, you're out. Three, four kids. How many people you slept with? Like, God says, I've given her time to repent. All the, all the naughty nations, they are way naughty. They're doing cruel stuff. He gives them time and time and time before he has to act. Yeah, that's us. But we're the agents with Christ now, a better word in the blood of Abel that cries out justice, correct justice, a greater justice has come. The blood before the foundation of the world says all the sin that comes through, I've already paid for it. Yes, even those people that are doing the worst things right now, my blood's paid for them. Will you first love them? Will you love them while they're still yet sinners? Their earthly actions may have earthly consequences. But we love them. Yep. That's what you are already. You are the beloved sons of God and you're exactly like him. Right now, at rest, as a free gift, because you believed a word. He believes a word that sees in you. You're born again from above. Another race. You've escaped the corruption of the world by word, divine, by promises. A promise, a word. We live by word because his word is his deed. You love me for who I am. I'm a visible God that speaks word. All right. I want to pray. Father, you are. Lord God Almighty, Jesus, you are the Son of the Most High. And Jesus, you've given us yourself. We are also the sons of the Most High. How amazing, astounding is the love of God that he would call us sons of God. Oh, what manner the love of the Father has given unto us that we'll be called sons of God. We are sons of God. And I speak over these people. You will walk from the fullness of the statue of Christ in your lifetime. What God has started, 
He will finish. He's the author and finisher of the race. He will cause you to will and to act according to his good purpose. He chose you. You did not choose him. You are the elect. You will be sinless and blameless. Nothing in common with this world. You are the overcomers. You'll be a pillar in the house of the Lord. And you will sit on the throne of Jesus Christ. And we honour the Benai Elohim that looked into this meeting. And the angel, the seraphim, the cherubim, the seven spirits, the living letters, the cloud of witnesses. We honour you, Enoch. We honour you, John. We honour you, Paul. We honour you, Moses. We honour you, Jude. We honour you, Peter. We honour you. Father, Enoch said his eyes were opened by God. We may be so bold. We ask that you open our eyes, the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our dianoia, our imagination, be enlightened. I speak over every person here. Their angels, messages from God, and the cloud of witnesses to stand by them tonight, guard their hearts and their minds and minister them before the face of God. I declare great sleep, peaceful sleep, the peace that's in this room right now, that's hit this room right now, that peace in their hearts, that peace in their flesh, in their body. And I ask the eyes will be open. I grant them dreams and visions and encounters tonight. And God, you are Lord God most high. And we are your children. We will love you forever. Amen. Amen.